The employment hour is back here on AM640. We're talking workplace rights. We're talking your severance, what you should know, what you need to know. If you've been let go or you think it's uh, on the horizon, it's not here, but you can see it from here, if you know what I'm saying, and what you should be doing in that room when it all comes down. All those uh, questions can be answered tonight. We'll get a bunch of stuff as well, including details on the severance pay calculator, but we'd like to start some real, uh, real-time real scenarios, real-case scenarios, and that is the week that was, uh, pal. What's going on? That's right, Johnny. Thank you very much. And, you know, we are here to answer questions. I've had so many situations over the past uh, few years that we've been doing the show that people, you know, struggle with their matters for a long time and, and they're, they're just shy. They're afraid to make that call. They, they don't want to. And eventually they do. Uh, and it's such a relief once they've done that. So don't, don't let that happen to you. Don't suffer. There's often solutions that we can deal with that we can find through the proms. Give me a call right now. We're here till 8 o'clock. You're more bashful than that. Call me at the office. Happy to chat. Uh, let's inform. Let's educate. Uh, I, I don't judge. I just do my best to try to help and give the information about your workplace rights. So let's start off with the week that was a couple of uh, matters that uh, are, are on my docket, so to speak. And the first one involved a, a gentleman that, uh, uh, as a result of a, of a very serious family trauma, had to go on a medical leave of absence. He, he ended up suffering from, uh, from severe anxiety and depression because of the family trauma. And he went on, on, on a medical leave of absence, and he provided his doc, uh, a doctor's note to his employer. The doctor's note said, he'll be ready to return in a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the, the month came, he went to the doctor again. He was still not ready to come back to work. So he provided another, do- uh, another doctor's note saying it's going to be another month before he comes back to work. And guess what? That next month, the same thing happened. He's still not better. And these things are very unpredictable when it comes to, to depression and anxiety. The doctor said, I still don't know when he comes back to work, hopefully another month. At that point, the employer wrote him a pretty nasty letter, essentially, John, saying, we don't believe you. We think you're avoiding coming to work. We think you've simply decided you don't want to come back to work. And because of that, as far as we're concerned, you have resigned. So long, farewell, uh, and, and we'll see you later. And obviously, this guy was extremely upset. He was already suffering from anxiety and depression. And this certainly didn't help. And that's when he called me. Uh, thankfully, he made the call. And he asked me, is this a resignation? I didn't want to resign. I don't want to. Uh, I can't work uh, right now. My doctor's agreeing with me. Why is this a resignation? Well, the answer, of course, John, it's not a resignation. You didn't resign. You're under doctor's care and doctor's orders not, not to come back to work. As much as this may be frustrating for your employer that they think you're going to come back and you're not able to, you haven't resigned at all. That is a termination. And because of that, you wrote severance. But it's even worse than that for the employer. Potentially now becomes a human rights issue. Potentially now you've let someone go because they're on a disability leave, because he didn't want to keep their job open for them. That's a violation of the human rights code. That's illegal. So because of that, I, I certainly think that it's a, it's a very important thing for, for our listeners to understand is you have a right to be off work if you are sick, if a doctor is supporting you. And if a doctor is supporting you, your employer cannot say, well, we're not going to allow that to happen. We're not going to uh, let you uh, uh, go off work. That's a resignation. You have rights and you can be off as long as it takes. What else you got for me? Second matter, John, involved uh, a lady who worked for a large company, and that company was cutting costs. The company approached uh, the employees and said, well, we're going to have to let someone go here, but let us know, is there someone here that's interested in a, in a, a separation package? And if so, then we'll look at that. So this lady put up her hand and said, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what you're offering. So a couple of days later, they said, great, here's your separation package. Uh, and she looked at it. She was a 35-year employee, John. 
and they offered her the equivalent of 12 months pay. She said, well, that actually seemed kind of uh, inadequate to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, well, too bad. You said you wanted to leave. That's all you get. Well, what do you want from us? <laughs> yeah, well, you're laughing. And I did as well when I heard uh. about it. That's ridiculous. Of course, she's not resigning somehow. She said she'd be willing to look at it if it's adequate. If it's not adequate, well, she's not going to accept it. So they believe that she had somehow resigned. <laughs> that was not a resignation. She did not give up her rights. So the lesson here is actually interesting for employees. If you approach your employer, if you discuss a potential separation package with your employer, that doesn't mean you've resigned. That doesn't mean you've given up your rights to full severance. That doesn't mean you've told them that you're not coming back to work. None of that. You can have those discussions with your employer. You're not giving up your rights. We'll uh, take a short break. You want to talk to Lior, you're questioning your rights. Give us a call here in the Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640. Got uh, Mark in line one. Hey, Mark, how are you, pal? John and Lior, thanks for taking my call. What is shaking? Uh, well, Lior, you may remember, I called in about two or three months ago. Uh, my wife works for a small city north of the GTA, and they had suddenly out of the blue said, uh, we're paying you too much, we have to drop your pay. Right. And the advice you gave was uh, they can't do that and so on and so forth. And yes. uh, we got a call the next day from one of your staff, and my wife talked to her, and she was great, perfect. And the advice she gave my wife, my wife took it to work with her the next day, ex- said, uh, spoke to her manager um, exactly what your um, staff member had said, and they reinstated her pay. Great. So everything was fine until last week. Her manager calls her in, or just happened to be speaking to her, and said, "You know, we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to put you on contracts come the new year." So my wife came home and I said, uh, "I remember a show that Lior did a little <laughs> while ago that they can't do that." You got it. So she said, "Can you call in tonight and find out for sure?" So here I am again seeking your advice, Lior. Well, I'm sorry, Mark. You're only allowed to seek advice one time, so sorry, you can't do it the second time. <laughs> Have a good night, Mark. Merry Christmas. No, no. Uh, so, Mark, thank you for, for the call. I'm glad uh, that uh, at least uh, initially things were going well. No, the bottom line is absolutely not. They cannot change the terms of employment in such a way. So whether they mean to make her an independent contractor or putting her on some sort of a fixed-term arrangement, no, they cannot do that. So as far as I'm concerned, the only thing she needs to do at this point, Mark, is to tell uh, her employer that she's she's continuing to work. She loves her job. She's ready, willing, and able to continue working under the same terms uh, moving forward. If they implement a change, they say, too bad, despite what you just said, we're going to change the terms, we're going to put you on contract, then we really need to speak. Then she'd have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal and potentially leave with full severance. For now, make it clear that she's going to continue working, put the ball in their court to actually do something. If they do something, they provide her with the document, a contract to sign, a letter, I need to see it right away. Oh, perfect. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Thanks again, Mark. Lior. No Appreciate problem. it, Mark. And again, uh, for uh, for you, Mark, and anyone else, one 821 5900 We'll get to uh, Alessandro. Hi, Alessandro. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, Great. Uh, I've got a question regarding um, notice being given that a company is going to be shutting down. Yes. So um, uh, basically, written notice has been given that of January 2018, the company will be shutting down. I went online to the Ontario uh government website to see what I could find out about severance pay. And from my basic understanding, it says that if the company has a payroll of less than 50 people or $2.5 million, 
they're not legally obligated to provide any severance pay. Um, is there anything beyond that that maybe I don't know about that maybe we can explore? Absolutely. So let's talk about your specific situation, Alessandra. How long have you worked there? It's uh, Well, it's actually for my wife. but um, Okay, so how long has she worked there? Years. 15 years, okay. Yeah. And, and uh, when was notice given? When did you find out about the January 2018 date? I would probably say about a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, okay, good. Now, uh, what kind of a job? What does your wife do? It's just an administration job. Still there, Alessandro? Yeah, it's, a, it's an administration job. Okay, and how old is she? Uh, she is, uh, <laughs> oh, now I'm going to get in trouble. Sorry, and, and how old is she? <laughs> She's 41. 41? That's not bad. Okay. So here's the way it works, Alessandro, uh, in this situation. They're, they owe her some, some significant uh, severance. Uh, now, your wife is entitled to 14 months of notice or severance. So they could tell her today that she's gone and then they'd have to pay her for 14 months, or they could give her 14 months advance notice of the termination of her employment. They chose the latter option. I think they've probably given her a bit less. So let's say they give her a year's notice. That means that they still owe her that couple of months pay at the end of it, but they're, they're pretty close. So those entitlements that your wife has are based on her age, her position, and the length of her employment. It has nothing to do with the company's payroll. That's what her full entitlements are. But because, because they've given so much notice, they would have essentially uh, extinguished or, or met most of the obligations or the entitlements that your wife would have because of the length of the notice. Right. Um, so if someone is given a notice such as this and then uh, the, the two parties come to an agreement where, okay, they'll part ways and my wife were to take the severance package, would she be able to be employed elsewhere without forfeiting the severance or would she have to support, forfeit a portion of the severance since she's found employment somewhere else? Well, have they offered severance? Have they, they, they offered that as an option? So that's, that's the thing. They have not offered severance at this point. They just provided written notice that uh, that they'll be shutting right. down. So, so let's assume that the amount of notice that they gave is adequate. They gave 13 months. It should have been 14. Let's say it's adequate. They don't have to offer anything else. They could simply say, we're giving you 13 months notice. In the, and if you leave before the end of the 13 months, then you would have quit. Now, if they say an option, so if they give her an option, say instead of staying for 13 months, you can leave today with severance, well, then that the, 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 her ability to work depends on that severance agreement, depends on whether or not there's a term in that agreement that says that if you work somewhere else, you're forfeiting any severance. I okay. expect they're not going to do that, Alessandro. I expect they simply gave her notice and they'll view it as her continuing to work there and, and her colleagues. And if they leave before then, they are deemed to have quit. Now, one okay. thing to, to understand... Some of her colleagues, let's say that she has colleagues that worked there for 20 years or 25 years, those people yeah. let's, are owed, let's say, 20 months or 24 months notice or severance, and they, if they only received a year's notice at the end of that year, they could be owed another year's pay. Mm. So she should have a discussion with them for your wife, given her age, her position, and the length of her employment. They more or less have complied with their obligations. I understand. Okay. All right. Well, that's a lot, that's a lot of information. I really mm -hmm. do appreciate you guys taking the time. Um, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to be talking again. Thanks, Thank Alessandra. Alessandra. Appreciate it. We'll get to, uh, to Marcus. Hi, Marcus. Good evening. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. What's your concern, Marcus? I, I, I have a, a belief. It's not for me. It's for my wife that her employer is trying to create cause. She has a review coming up and... I think it's going to be negative when it shouldn't be. When she walks into this, what should she say when she doesn't agree with the outcome? 
So first of all, you know, she should do as much listening as possible, okay? okay. So uh, listening and, and understanding what they're saying. If they're saying she did something wrong, she wants to understand exactly what uh, they say she's done wrong. And I, I, I would avoid doing too much talking there because she, she's going to be obviously surprised. It's not going to be comfortable. She's better off going back, you know, home and digesting this. Now, assuming ultimately she disagrees with what they've said, they've made some accusations that are wrong, they said she did something that she didn't do, she needs to make that clear in writing that she doesn't agree. She needs to send them an email, a note of some kind, and say, here's what you said, here's what actually happened, and that I don't agree. She cannot be silent about it, she cannot be considered to have accepted what they've said if she disagrees with it. If she agrees with it, that's okay. If she doesn't, I want her to send an email, a detailed email, going item by item, giving her position on it. Make it That's going to make it very, 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 very difficult to let her go for cause. And certainly, Marcus, if they do let her go for cause, you have to give me, or she has to give me a call as soon as possible. Okay, okay. But simply disagreeing with, say, with their perceived cause would not be considered a bad position. It's like, you're not agreeing with us, so you're in the bad. No, absolutely not. She cannot be considered to have accepted something that's not true, that she doesn't agree with. That could help them build a case for cause. So she needs to make her position very clear. She doesn't have to be mean or nasty about it, right? She can be very professional and very respectful, but she needs to make her position very clear. Okay. Well, okay. Well, um, I mean, this is just me. I'm trying to give good advice to my my wife, and I want to make sure I I give her the proper advice. I thank you, gentlemen. Absolutely. Hopefully, I'm I'm reading the tea leaves incorrectly, and it, it all goes hmm. well. Yeah, right. Exactly. It probably will. Hopefully, Thanks, Marcus. Uh, it will for you, Marcus. We'll get uh, Jack in here before we break. Hey, Jack. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. Uh, I've been working for the same finance company now for almost 19 years, and they're going through what they're calling a digital transformation. Basically, uh, for Canada-wide, they closed some centers in other provinces, so... Our department is, I guess, taking up the slack uh, for these centers that have closed. Now, they asked us to sign uh, uh, our expectations, what the, what the company's expectations are. And although my, my pay is not really changing, my responsibilities are increasing. Now, I, I, I'm sort of in a conundrum here because I feel by not, not signing, um, I guess, quote-unquote, shooting myself in the foot by not doing that. And if I am, well, I'm agreeing more to uh, to take more responsibility. So I wanted your 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 opinion, your if I choose to go, this this to be treated as a constructive dismissal. Yeah. So so Marcus, uh, sorry, Jax. Here's what I, I recommend. I want to actually see and understand what they're changing and how the, the new job, the new responsibilities are going to be different than the ones that you've had. Because only by doing that can I advise you, is this a constructive dismissal? Is this a significant enough of a change? So I'd like for you to contact me off air, send me or, or send me something that shows me, here's what my duties are today, here's what they want them to be after I sign. And on that basis, I can tell you, could this be a constructive dismissal? If so, what to do about it, how much you'd be owed and what the process is. Because if it doesn't rise to the level of a constructive dismissal, well, you know, you don't have to sign, but then there's no real recourse. So let, let's look at that item by item and, and so I can give you proper advice. Okay, because the thing is, I mean, I... I... I feel, I guess, at this point, my job is secure. It's just that I feel that in another sense, I'm, I'm taking on more respect. Now, it's, it's a call center environment. So I was doing, right. or I am still doing customer service now, but there's going to be an element of uh, collections. There's going to be an element of uh, 
of uh, other other sure. arms of uh, financing. So it's sort of like a, a jack of all trades, and I, I don't really think that my pay grade really warrants that. And I agree. I agree. I mean, it sounds like they're going to add a bunch of more responsibilities and not increase your pay. So they want you to do a lot more for the same amount of money. That could absolutely be a constructive dismissal. That's why I want to actually understand, here's what more they're going to ask me to do, how is this is going to impact you. So, so let, let's talk about this off air in, in, in more detail. I'd be happy to talk and help. Jack, that number, one 821 5900 And if you want to call us here for the next half hour, we'd love to get you on the show. The Employment Hour, you know that number, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. It is 741, and uh, your phone calls, we got lines open. You want to give us a call, we'll uh, machete our way through this hour. we got uh, Jacob on the line. Hi, Jacob. I'm good. How are you? You're close to a phone. I can barely hear you, pal. Oh, uh, there you are. no, I'm just, I'm just in the truck here. There you are. What's, uh, what's your concern? Uh, I started uh, earlier this year with a multinational engineering company, and uh, I've heard that as you kind of advance through their, uh, their hierarchy, at some point you'll lose your overtime as, uh, as an engineer. I was wondering if this was legal or if it's to do with uh, engineering as a profession. Uh, excellent question, Jacob, and, and here's the answer. Engineers and other professionals are exempt uh, from overtime. So engineers, doctors, lawyers, accountants. Uh, are, so the law doesn't actually require a company to provide or to pay overtime. Uh, oftentimes companies do, but at that point it's up to them. So because of that, no, they don't actually have to pay you overtime uh, if, you're a, if you're a professional engineer, if you have that designation. Uh, so the law kind of stays away from overtime in that situation. Okay, perfect. Thanks. That, that cleared up kind of just a, a question I had anyways. All right, Jacob, we appreciate it. Anyone else, uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. I think I kind of finished off the severance pay calculator, and I was correct when I said, yeah, the yeah, length of employment, age, and your job title would give you the number at the end, spit out the uh, the bottom end of the app. And I was I was correct. How about that? Because we've been correct. talking about it for three years. Three years. You finally got it, John. Maybe <laughs> maybe we won't terminate your employment after all. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's exactly that. You, you go to severancepaycalculator.com and you find out by inputting your age or position and the length of your employment how much you're owed. It's free. It's anonymous. It's easy to use. I think everyone that lost their job or even are concerned about losing their job should make that the very first place they go to uh, once that happens. You know, we've often talked about on the show and this uh, what we call the uh, Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. And uh, we still, at, at some time, way back when, before we uh, got a ton of phone calls and helping people out, I think we got through five of them. So I think we still got five of these left. So you can play these in uh, any order, really. And I'll continue with them. You can elaborate on them. That is, uh, thou shall always keep copies of all relevant documents. Yeah, and, and that's always a good decision mm-hmm. or a good practice, irrespective of whether we're talking about employment or not. But certainly when it comes to uh, employment, you want to have copies of important documents, employment agreement that you have, job offer letters, a performance review. Uh, if there's a compensation document that shows how much you're earning, uh, T4s, all that is important information that if there's a problem, it doesn't have to be termination, but if there's a problem in the workplace, we may need to refer to. It's, it's, uh, you can assume if it is a termination situation, if you've uh, lost your job today and you walked out of the office, you're not going to have access to some of the documents that may be saved in your computer at work. So it's always a good idea to keep copies of these documents well in advance, to have them there for a rainy day just in case. 
and, and we may need them, we may use them, uh, and it's going to help me, number one, assess what your entitlements are and also help pursue those entitlements. So, yes, that's definitely one of the commandments, keep relevant documents. What does this one mean? Now she'll keep records of important events, like the Christmas party. No. <laughs> okay. I was hoping. Yeah, my, my bar mitzvah, all that. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Uh, no, uh, what, what, what I mean here is uh, if something happens when if something you want a record kept, so something was said to you uh, that you want, oh, gosh, you know, I wish there was a record of this. Well, you create that record. Maybe well, there was a meeting where there was a bad performance review. Maybe there was a meeting when someone mistreated you or harassed you, and, and you want to keep a record. You, well, create that record. Either have some sort of a journal or send an email to someone confirming what was said Oftentimes, disputes in the workplace could be a he said, she said type of situation. Mm-hmm. And that's not good if you can avoid it. So what we want is to keep records of, of important events and, and avoid that he said, she said, she situation. Contemporaneous records, always, John, are the best. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. Got uh, Goldie here in Toronto. Hi, Goldie. Hi, good evening. How are you? I, I'm good. I have a question uh, about, I was laid off uh, five, after five years and eight months of work. I was laid off in September. And I was a sales engineer for a company, uh, for a distributor of uh, equipment. And uh, I'm going to just stop here. I'm sorry, I'm driving. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to stop here on the side. Sorry about the noise. Um, so my question is, I was in a sales position and because the economy was very bad, they tried over the years all the time to convince me to change my package, and I did not, and I did not agree to sign on anything. Uh, but at the end, they said they laid me off for cause, and they're trying to uh, uh, not not pay me or pay me very little. So I'm trying to see what do you think uh, is a fair payment, and what do you think I could get if I go to court? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, the good news is when we say court, we usually don't need to go to court. Oftentimes, most times, 99% of the times, we can resolve these matters very quickly. So, you work there for between five and six years in a sales position, uh, and how old are you? I'm 51 years old. So, someone in your situation, we're looking right around seven eight to eight months' pay. Okay, right around eight months' pay is what I would assess you at. Uh, what have they offered? Uh, they originally they offered me two months and yes. uh, and uh, now and now they're willing to offer me four months and they don't want to offer me any more hmm. and my, I wonder if I should go to court uh, or if I should settle. I I feel okay. four well, months you, is too little. You don't need to go to court. Here's what we do in these situations. It's very straightforward. Is I would send them a, a letter. I would say I've been retained by Goldie. I've reviewed the offer. The offer is not good enough. And then I would make certain demands for improvement. And then we engage them in a negotiation and resolve it. Oftentimes this takes a couple of weeks to resolve. So that's what you need to do. Why would you accept four months' pay uh, if you're owed double that? You know, why would you accept half of what you're legally owed? So, no, you should not accept it. You should give me a call. Let's talk off air. Let me review the offer. I also want to see a copy of any employment agreement you may have signed, if you ever signed one. And let me help you get what you're owed. Why would you ever accept half of what you're owed? Okay, thank you very much. All right, Goldie, that number uh, is uh, 1-855-821-5900. And Darlene, welcome. Hi, Darlene. Uh. 
Hi. Um, I work for a uh, newspaper company. I've been there about four and a half years. Um, they were uh, looking to uh, reduce, uh, uh, save money and whatever, and I applied for a voluntary buyout, and I did not receive one, and I am desperate to get out of there. It is so stressful. I'm supposed to be working daytime hours normally um, in the office, trying to find carriers, and that's very problematic because they pay next to nothing. Anyway, and um, but the last uh, year and a half, I've we've uh, had to substitute for our mailroom person um, working nights. I'm actually supposed to go in tonight, um, about another three hours. And uh, I'm so stressed out. I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I want to know how I can get out of there and get some money. I don't think Got I it. can get un- unemployment no. if I quit. Here's an important I'm question, Darlene. Uh, does the company have a disability plan, either short-term or long-term disability? Yes, they do. Okay. So as a first step, I would do is I would speak to a doctor and, and share with the doctor exactly what you've told us here, that you're very stressed, that this has been very, very difficult on you, all right, and, and say that you don't think at this point you can work. The doctor is going to give you some time off work. Now, that does two things. The first thing that does is, is it hopefully gives you some time to, to kind of catch your breath and feel better. But the other thing it does is it would allow me to contact the company and try to, at that point to negotiate an exit package for you. Because when you're off on a disability, they have to keep the job open. That, that makes it difficult for them. So they may be happy at that point to negotiate an exit package knowing that they don't have to worry about you being on disability and maybe coming back at some point. And then you could apply for employment insurance. You can get severance. So if it's really that stressful for you right now what's going on, I think we need to, to go down that route. Uh, and uh, if that's what you want to do before you, you, we implement that, let's speak off air. But that's the strategy I would impose here, Darlene. Okay. And um, I, I actually um, gave notice maybe um, a couple years ago thereabouts, and then I and then things got a little better, so I revoked it. And um, I, prior to that, I had gone to my doctor and I'd said, you know, I'm so stressed out with work and blah blah blah. And my doctor didn't take me very seriously. He's like, he was like, uh, well, aren't you going to be more stressed if you don't have a job? Because there aren't many jobs up here. And uh, he didn't, but I don't know. But disability pays so. you, all right? So, I mean, right. the effect of the disability payment is you're going to receive disability and you can sit at home and, and, and rest and recover. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a, frankly, I'll be very blunt. That's a very silly thing. And I, would, I was going to use a stronger word uh, for your doctor to say. So if your doctor is not helping, you need a, a different doctor. These things happen all the time, every day. That's why you have a disability plan. So you should do that, and I wouldn't wait on this very long because it, it's probably going to impact your health even more. But not only does it give you time, it potentially allows us then to negotiate an exit package for you. So I, the way I see it right now, that's your best option. Okay. All right, Darlene, I'm going to give you a number to call and uh, make sure you write this down and use this number, 1-855-821-5900. Don't sit on this, 1-855-821-5900. we got more of your phone calls coming up as we continue right till 8 o'clock in the Employment Hour and Talk Radio, May M640. 7.54 on your Wednesday evening. you got some time, a few minutes here to call in and talk to us. We'd like to talk to you. we got uh, Joe in Richmond Hill. Good evening, Joe. Hey, how are you? Good, pal. What is your concern? Well, um, my company is downsizing, and uh, they want to reduce my pay by two to three grand, and 
they also want to give me extra duties. Now, are they allowed to do that? So uh, give me a sense from what uh, figure they want to reduce it. So how? So from 50 to 45, what are the figures? Oh, just say it's from 40 to 37. Okay, and, and to add even more duty. So you're going to have to do more work for less pay. Well, Basically, they're getting rid of one position, and they want me to take over that position and my existing position. So, effectively, two positions they want yeah. you to do. Correct. So, so the, the short answer, Joe, is no, they cannot do that. What you've okay. described is, is a classic uh, constructive dismissal situation. This is where the employer is changing the terms of employment in a significant mm. way. In this case, not only are they reducing your pay, which they're not allowed to do, but they're doubling or increasing your job. They cannot do that. But so even, even if they're downsizing or whatever, they absolutely they, doesn't matter. Okay. No, I mean even if it, there's a legitimate reason, they cannot do that. But okay. the fact that they cannot do that doesn't necessarily mean that we can stop them. What it means right. is that you have an option. Option number one is you can decide to accept this change and okay. continue working with the less money and the new job, and that's your right. You can choose to do that. The second right. option is you can choose to treat your employment as being terminated. We call that a constructive dismissal, okay. and you get your full severance. Okay. Now, let so me if give I you a sense as to how much that would be. So how long okay. have you worked there, Joe? Seven years. Seven years, and, and yeah. what do you do? I'm a programmer analyst. Okay, and how old are you, Joe? I'm 40. So you'd be owed right around six to eight months' pay. All right. Okay. So six to eight months pay is what I would assess you at. So if you were to choose to treat your employment as a constructive dismissal, you can leave and get that amount of severance. Now, okay. if you want to explore that before you do anything, before you resign or do anything like that, we need yeah. to speak off here. I do not want you at all to resign, to quit, to tell them you're not going to come back to work unless you and I have spoken off the air first. But generally, those are the options. You can accept this change or you can treat that as a termination because they do not have a right to do it. Okay, perfect. Yeah, they told me a month in advance, so that's fine. I have a month to, to think about it. Good. So think about it, and if you decide that that's something you want to pursue, give me a call before you do anything else. Joe, that number for you as well, one 821 5900 Yeah, we're talking the Ten Commandments of Termination. This one is a big one. Thou shalt assume your severance offer is inadequate. Big yeah, time. That, that, that is a big one, John. And the reason why you have to assume that is because it's true. Uh, if, if you're now lost your job today and I haven't spoken to you, I don't know who you are, and you're holding that piece of paper in front of you, that severance package, I'm going to give you a 90-plus percent chance that that offer is completely inadequate and not you know, by a few weeks pay or a couple thousand by a significant amount, potentially tens of thousands or even more. Why? Because in most cases, in over 90% of the cases, that's the way it is. So you have to assume that, because if you assume that, you'll do the right thing, which is you're going to go to the severance calculator. You're going to get some legal advice. You will do what you need to do to have that due diligence done and figure out what you wrote. If you're going to assume that it's fine, you're going to accept it, and then when you realize a year, two years later, a month later, that it's, uh, it wasn't fine, it will be too late to do something about it. So do the responsible thing if you have your severance offer in front of you. Assume that it's not adequate. And if it turns out later, once you've gotten advice that it is adequate, great. Then uh, no harm, no foul. Uh, but in most cases, it's absolutely not adequate, John. And how many times we've, have we heard stories with people of inadequate severance uh, offers 
on the show dozens and dozens of times, and I speak to people like that every single day. And uh, we'll take it for another week, my friend. In the meantime, severancepaycalculator.com. That is what you want to use if you're wondering what your severance offer should be, severancepaycalculator.com. You didn't get a chance to uh, talk to Lior today. Simple, the phone call, one 821 5900 directly and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Just email as well. Till next time, the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.